Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And I am so grateful that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ speaks for me. I need Him every day to speak on my behalf. I am grateful that His blood has been sufficient for my, for my salvation. Whether it was in 2018 or 2019, Jesus is always sufficient. And we saw that over the last few weeks in the series that we looked at in the life of Jesus. We saw where Jesus was the one who was sufficient and complete for who we were and for everything that we are. And that he remains that complete sacrifice that gives us strength each and every day. But this is what I learned from the scripture. And that is that when we turn the pages from the gospels, when we turn the pages from Jesus' life and Jesus' work, we still see God working in the life of his people. He has not abandoned us. He has not forsaken us. As a matter of fact, he has decided that he has set aside this thing called the church so that he can make a difference in the world. In other words, God's story still continues. Aren't you proud of that? As you go into a new year, I want you to hear very firmly today, very confidently, that God's story is still going on, that God still has a plan, God still has a purpose, and God still wants to use you, and he still wants to use me in that plan. What a glorious message that God gives us. And perhaps no better passage for us to turn to, to be reminded of this, than Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 as the writer speaks to us about the ongoing story of Jesus and the ongoing story of his people. Listen, if you will, to God's word as we read it together this morning. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So the writer of Acts says, I want to tell you some more things. I, I wrote to you a former account. I wrote to you another story about Jesus, what he taught and what he did. He said, but now I'm going to tell you something else. Now, when I read through that first verse, it sounds eerily familiar. It sounds so much like another part of the scripture that I've read before, especially as he talks about this guy named Theophilus. And he says, I'm writing to you. Most of you know where we could turn, but I would encourage you just for a moment to think about Luke chapter 1. Because in Luke chapter 1, in that prologue to his gospel, you hear almost the same words as you do in the book of Acts. Luke chapter 1, for example. Inasmuch as many have taken into hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. So you hadn't heard that word? You hadn't thought about that name in so many years, right? And now here twice, in two different books of our scripture, 
we hear that word Theophilus. He says, I'll write to you that you may know the certainty of those things in which you are instructed. So when I read Acts 1, and I hear this writer talking about a former account that I've written another story about what Jesus did, what he taught, then I go back and think about Luke chapter 1, I realize that there, it, there are some similarities, obviously. There is some type of connection. Why? Because Luke wrote both the gospel and the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, Luke tells us this story of what Jesus did, and then he tells us the story of what Jesus did through his church. He gives us a great narrative. Luke actually writes more of the New Testament than any other writer we have. Some of you probably looking at me and say, okay, hold on, preacher. There's this guy named Paul. And he wrote a lot. And he did. He wrote many more books. But in volume, in volume, Luke wrote more of our New Testament than anybody else. And what he does in this long volume in the gospel and then in the book of Acts is to remind us of the story. Luke, the only Gentile writer of all of Scripture, tells us about what Jesus did and then what Jesus continues to do through his church. So in other words, when I look at Luke chapter 1... I realize he's putting together this orderly account of what had happened in Jesus' life. He says, I know there are people who have written there. I think Matthew and Mark had already written their Gospels. Luke says, I know that people have already put some things together. But I just wanted to bring an orderly account to you. I, I've interviewed people, the eyewitnesses, the ministers. Personally, I believe he sat down with Mary and he talked with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And he says, I put these things on paper so that you would be certain of your faith, Theophilus. And then he writes to Theophilus again in this second book. You might call Acts like a sequel. You ever heard of a sequel? A movie sequel? You know, when you think about sequels, I mean, sometimes you wonder how many, how many different types of movies are, are these sequels can they make out of one kind of storyline? I mean, how, how can you milk it, right? How can you take a guy named Rocky? I mean, how can you keep going? At some point, he's got... You, you got all these different movies that we think about that has sequels. Usually, the movies that have sequels, the sequels aren't that good, right? Usually. Wouldn't you, for the most part, agree? Okay, so we've been off for the holiday. Some of you have watched a little TV probably. A little TV. And I've seen several uh, sequels or trilogies or those kinds of things. Uh, Home Alone. Have you ever seen Home Alone? <laughs> I'm dating myself just a bit. But I remember when the first Home Alone movie came out. And I remember sitting in that theater and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. It was one of the funniest things I had ever seen in my life. Some of you look at me and say, I pity you. I pity you, preacher. There's so many better things. But I remember seeing Home Alone. So, you know, you get excited when, when you hear that another Home Alone is coming out. Home Alone 2. Well, Home Alone 2, it didn't quite measure up to Home Alone 1. Anybody here, you see it? You see 2? That was too much for you? So I'm not. Wasn't quite as good, not near as good 
as the beginning. So now, now, yesterday, I don't know. Yesterday, I was just going back and forth on the channels. I know I should have been out doing more. It was a pretty day, sunny day. We finally got sun. You know what that's called. You know what it is now. You saw it yesterday. We had sun. I should have been out more, but there were just these different movies, you know, like boom, 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 boom. Yesterday, they, they had the Toy Story marathon on. Just any of you give testimony to Toy Story this morning? Come on, I'm speaking to some of my younger ones here. I just sat there and I watched. They got better every time. Toy Story 3, a bear that smells of strawberries. Awesome. It's awesome. They've got a number four coming out in the summer. I'm just, you know, I'm looking with excitement. It got better every time. Usually those sequels don't all that. Do it. And, and then, I, okay, to redeem myself, to redeem myself, I watched Toy Story for part of the time, and then I watched Star Wars. You saw that yesterday? It was on? Yeah. Now, what, Star Wars, not quite the trilogy, you know, not quite the sequel as we think about it, more, more of a trilogy, right? Or sets of trilogies, three different trilogies that ultimately we will see complete at the end of this year. But you got the trilogies. So, so when you look at the book of Acts, it's kind of like, okay, Luke is saying, I got another story. I got, I got a follow-up. Maybe, maybe instead of saying it's a sequel, maybe we ought to think it's just the extenuation or this extension of a story just like those trilogies were. Like, I'm going to tell you a little more. That's what Luke says. Luke says, I want you to know God's not done. I mean, as marvelous, get this, as marvelous as the gospel was, as marvelous as what I told you about Jesus and his work, as wonderful and glorious of a name and a, and a sacrifice that he made, he said, I want you to know that I still got more to tell you. That's what excites me about these first few verses of the book of Acts. Is that as great as his gospel was, he says, God is not through. In his gospel, in the book of Acts, he writes to Theophilus, his patron perhaps, his friend who has come to faith in Christ. Theophilus, I believe he was a real person. But when you break down his name, Theophilus, Theo, Theos, which means God, this uh, ending here of Phalas or Phileo, the idea of love. You've heard of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, love. So if you break down this idea of love and God is like lover of God. I'm writing to you, Theophilus, you lover of God. And while I believe it was a real person, I believe it's almost like he's writing to all of us who are here who love God as well. We might say this morning, we are Theophilus, the lover of God. And Luke says, I write to you. I want you to hear this so clearly that God's story is awesome and that God is continuing to work in this world. In the gospel, the gospel that I had written Luke says, the gospel that I had written was about what God had done and what God had accomplished through the one, Jesus Christ. He says, in the gospel, I wrote to you what God had completed, what he had perfected, what he had accomplished through the one, Jesus Christ. Notice again, it says that I wrote 
about what Jesus had begun, had decisively begun to do and to teach. The Gospel of Luke was like the memoir of the Son of God. It was about what Jesus had done and who He was when He was here on this earth. It included, obviously, His perfect, sinless life. It recounted His authoritative teaching. It pointed us to His sacrificial death. Oh, it reminded us and it proclaimed the triumphant resurrection of Jesus himself. And even told us at the end of the gospel of Luke how this Jesus had ascended into heaven. Oh, it was a marvelous story. You might call that first book, Jesus provides salvation. Jesus providing for us the salvation that we need. As a matter of fact, if you were to try to break the Scripture into different acts or scenes, if you will, Old Testament, even before the very foundation of the world, God knowing what He was going to do, from the Old Testament through the Gospels, Jesus was providing salvation for His people. Even as He worked through, God worked through His people the nation of Israel, he was trying to bring forth, or he was going to bring forth, the salvation of those who would give their lives to him. The Gospel of Luke was about this adequate, complete sacrifice and provision that was made by Jesus. It was an unbelievable story. And yet now Luke says, I got another story to tell you. Because whereas God worked through the one to provide salvation, now God has chosen to work through the many to proclaim that salvation. Whereas he worked through the one, the Lord Jesus, to provide for us exactly what we needed, he said, now we understand that God is working through the many here in these first few verses, he says that it is to the apostles whom he had chosen. He had given these commandments. These individuals who would go out and who would proclaim the glory and the work of the Lord Jesus. God's going to work through the many. God's not through with his overall work. God's still got a story. He's still got a work. To be accomplished. And aren't you proud? Aren't you proud that God determined that He still wants to use us in His story, in His work? Aren't you proud that God didn't just say, okay, there it was, what Jesus did for you, now figure it out the best you could and try to relate to the kingdom as best as you can relate to it? God didn't do that. God said, you know what? I'm going to work through the many now. Those that I've called, the people we call the church. I'm proud the story has continued. I'm proud the story continues each and every day and that we get to see. Aren't you proud that God decided in his wisdom to give us the book of Acts to show us how he was continuing to work through his people in this world? I mean, it helps us to come to more understanding of his story. Man, I, I have been in those movies before 
where like we got to the end and I feel like I didn't know any more than I, when I started. You ever been there before? There, there was this trilogy some time ago called The Lord of the Rings. Some of you heard of it too. You, oh, it was on over the holiday. Did you see that too? You're going to think all I did was just watch TV. No, I did sit in a box stand a few times. The Lord of the Rings. I, I went to the first Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, you know, I went to that. I was in Picayune. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was in Picayune. It had come out. I heard a little bit about it. said, you know what? I'm going to watch that. We're going to see what it is. So Leslie and I, we go to the movies, and uh, we're, we're watching it. And, and uh, I don't know. It was like, what, five and a half hours long or something like that? It's, at least it seemed like that. So I get, I, I've spent, I've invested like five and a half hours of my time into this movie. And I get to the end of it, and nothing happens. I, I hate to spoil it for some of you who hadn't seen it. Nothing's really happened. We're still on the journey. We're not, we, listen, we're not even close to getting to the resolution of this thing. As a matter of fact, it's going to take you like, well, there are two more movies at five and a half hours each. That's 11 more hours or so you're going to have to watch, and it's going to be like three years. I remember walking out, and I said, Leslie, are you kidding me? She said, what do you mean? I said, I mean, can't they at least bring in this end of the story? It's kind of like, I mean, I've got to have some resolution. She's like, Reggie, you've you got to learn. You've you got to be a little more patient about it. Patience? I mean, I'm in seminary. I'm a pastor. I'm a husband. I ain't got five and a half hours to invest in this stuff without coming away with kind of like knowing what happened. She's like, well, you know. I said, yes, in like three years. She said, well, go read the book. Well, I could have done that. God gives us a glorious story in the gospel. But then he continues the story. He doesn't leave us hanging. He says, let, let me give you this. Let me give you this account. And Luke, being obedient to the Holy Spirit, sits down and begins this account of what God now has, is doing through the many. Whereas God had worked through the one, God now works through the many. Now, the title of this book, The Acts, in most of our English translations, it will say, The Acts of the Apostles. So, when you think of this, it says, this is what's going to be done, according to this title, through the work of the chosen sent out ones called the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles. So, whereas, again, Luke was about what Jesus had done, now this is going to be what his people are doing. The Acts of the Apostles. Well, when you think of that title, there is some truth in it, obviously. When you read through this book, as we will over the next few weeks in different sections of it, you will see the work of Peter. You'll see the work of Paul. You, you will see the work of Philip. 
You will see the work of Priscilla and Aquila. You will see the work of Barnabas. You'll see the work of Silas. You'll see the work of John Mark. You'll see the work of all these, even those that are not named. You might call the, them the company of the anonymous because there are several times you will see just people who are helping out Paul or early believers who are praying for the release maybe of Paul or Peter. Just anonymous people that God's working through because God is going to work through the many, the called out ones, the church. Hey, as I said, God still works through the many today. When Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, he left a group of individuals, the apostles, the disciples, what we want to call the church, the called out ones, the ones who are different in quality of life, the ones who are different in their purpose of life, the ones who are different in the priorities of life, the church, to go and to make a difference in this world. So today, in some ways, we're participating with that story, the Acts of the Apostles. But there are some, obviously, through the years, who've taken issue with that title. They said it's not so much the Acts of the Apostles. I mean, because the Apostles themselves could do nothing on their own. And I would say to those critics, you are absolutely right. In some ways... The title, The Acts of the Apostles, could fit the book, but also in another way, maybe the title should be The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because when you look through this book, the Holy Spirit who comes on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit who begins to indwell the believers, gives the empowerment necessary for that group of believers, for the, that church that we see here in the book of Acts to accomplish its goals. The Spirit works through His people. The Spirit works through His church to accomplish and obtain that which God has purposed. Hey, and we should know that today. Nothing we do on our own, will truly bring the fulfillment of His purpose. Not what we do on our own. But when the Holy Spirit of God empowers His people, empowers His church, when the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us everything that we need, the Holy Spirit can do things that we could never imagine. Jesus said something very extraordinary to His disciples. When he was ministering among them, when he was teaching them, when he was encouraging them, John chapter 14. He said something very extraordinary. In verse 12 of that 14th chapter, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Can we just take a collective moment to say, wow. Did, did you hear what Jesus said? 
Jesus said, for that one who believes in me, the individual that has faith in me, this individual is going to do what I have been able to do. But you know what? God is going to do something even greater through those individuals. And he gives us this promise in the context of the Holy Spirit's coming. If you look at John 4, it's 14 that is, it's all about the Holy Spirit's coming. Jesus said, it is advantageous for me to go to the Father so that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You need him. Has that, that ever just amazed you? I, I mean, stop and think what Jesus just said. Jesus said, it is better for me to get out of here so that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's better for the Holy Spirit to be with you than it is for me to be with you here physically. Whoa. I mean, could you imagine how special it would be for Jesus to be here physically with us, just walking with us right now? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that that'd be kind of incredible? I mean, to sit down physically with Jesus and just kind of have a meal with him and just to talk with Jesus and... Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. It would be awesome. But this is what you and I need to understand. The presence of God is with us. He may not be incarnate as Jesus was when he was walking here on this earth. But he is indwelling. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit takes up residence in you and I when we come to faith in him. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit just comes in and he sets up residence. And you and I, we don't have to get more of him. No, 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 no. All these people talk about getting more. I don't have to get more of the Holy Spirit. I got all of him I needed when I walked into faith in Christ. He came into my life. I didn't get part of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't get part of himself. The Holy Spirit pours himself into us. It's not about how much I have of him. It's how much... He has me that I've yielded and surrendered. Jesus said, you know what? In this story, I'm not going to be with you. I am going to ascend. And we're going to talk more about that next week when he ascends. The gospel of Luke ends with the ascension. And the book of Acts begins with the ascension. Because Luke is going to put it so nicely together for us. But he wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is with us. And the Holy Spirit will give us the power and the strength to do things as a church, as a people, we could never imagine, we could never dream of. That is one of the reasons that you and I should each day keep going, persevere, endure, and tell the glories of the Lord Jesus because the Holy Spirit is the one who is on our side giving us strength to do things we could never imagine. Why do I preach each week? Why do I go about my work? Why should you go about your work? Why should you tell of the Lord Jesus? It is because the Holy Spirit can do things you could never comprehend. You must believe and trust that the story still goes on. And that what God did through the one, God now does through the many. No, we don't provide the complete sacrifice Jesus alone did that. I understand that. But what do we do now is we continue the story of proclaiming and presenting the salvation that has been accomplished through the one, Jesus. 
He has called us to be a part of this ongoing story. It's a spoiler alert, I know, but at the book of Acts, it's going to end rather abruptly. We'll look at it in a few weeks. Let's see. Book of Acts. How many chapters here we got it? We got to work it through 27, 28. Okay, so about 2021, we'll get there and we'll look at it. Just kidding, just kidding. It's not going to last that long. But at the end of the book, the way it abruptly ends, some people have said, oh, Luke didn't have time to finish it. Or Luke was going to write another story. I think the reason it ends so abruptly is to remind us that the story still goes on. I think Luke decisively did it that way. Remember, he wrote with purpose. He wrote with order. He said he did. He designed it again according to the Holy Spirit's work in his life so that we would know that the story still keeps going. Paul might be in Rome at the center of the universe at the end of Acts, but the gospel has to keep going. And the story continues. So let me just say this. In 2019, I believe he wants to use you and he wants to use me to continue the story. Salvation's been provided. One day, salvation will be perfected, according to what Revelation 4 and onward tells us. But what are we to do right now is to show salvation proclaimed and presented in our lives to others. So in 2019, let me remind you of these three things very quickly. One, He has chosen you. He has chosen you through the Holy Spirit. Back in Acts 1, it said that there were these ones, these apostles, the sent out ones, whom He had chosen some translations will remind us maybe more clearly than the New King James that this choosing was done by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus went. We remember he went the night before he actually announced these choices and he prayed and he sought the will of the Father and the Holy Spirit guided him. If you are a believer in Christ, listen to me. If you are a believer in Christ then the Holy Spirit has come to you and convicted you and shown you your sin. And the Holy Spirit then drew you to salvation. He opened your eyes so that you could see the goodness and the greatness of God. Because you could not have done it on your own. The Holy Spirit had to do this. And the Holy Spirit brought you into the family. You were saved. Some of you, you've been saved for quite a while. But you were saved in some ways so much just like I was. Because the Holy Spirit brings conviction. He speaks to us. He shows us our sin. We respond to Him in faith and repentance. The Holy Spirit draws us into His family. So in 2019, if you're a believer in Christ, you don't forget this. You've been chosen by the Holy Spirit of God. You've been set aside. If you're a member of what's called the church, that means you are a called out one. He chose you. 
So in 2019, you don't forget it. You're part of the story, that, and God has chosen you to be a part of this story. You didn't do it on your own. God did it. Second, he has confirmed within you faith, and he will continue to confirm faith in you. It says here that through those 40 days, remember, between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension into heaven, there were 40 days he was here on this earth. It said between those moments, in those 40 days, that he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, during which he was seen by them, and he spoke the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So many days he spoke to them. He, he demonstrated himself in these post-resurrection appearances. Oh, man, that must have been awesome too. That the one who was dead is alive and he is there to demonstrate his power and his confirmation. Here he is. And you know what? God confirms our faith too. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to have a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. I believe the next time we see Jesus, he is going to be coming on the clouds, okay? I think the next time we see him, as he comes to this earth, it will be when he breaks the eastern sky. So I'm not telling you I have a post-resurrection, but I want, I want you to hear that your faith can be confirmed through his word, through his revelation, through what he says to us by showing us over and over that he is who he said he was, that he is alive this day. And you and I may not have seen him in a post-resurrection type of experience like these disciples did, but you and I ought to have just as much faith that he's alive today as they did. And when I go through 2019, I know that he has confirmed within me the faith. This is not a pipe dream. This is not fiction. We've talked about a lot of movies and a lot of stories. This is not fiction. This is real. It is the truth. Oh, most of those verbs that you find here in these first few verses are in the like past tense. You might call it that in the original language. But in verse 3 where it says, being seen by them. It's in the present tense, actually. It's almost like, hey, you, all, you, you saw him. It's like you're continuing to see him because it's had so much impact upon your life. It's like a present reality. So Jesus has chosen you through the Holy Spirit. He has confirmed your faith, he says. And he has called you to kingdom living. It says in those days that he was speaking to them. Again, present tense verb, that he went on speaking to them about the kingdom. Here's Jesus. He has suffered and died. The sacrifice has been made. He's been resurrected. Forty days, he's about to ascend into the Father. And what's he still doing? Teaching his people about the kingdom. So he's telling them about the kingdom. He's talking to them about what kingdom living is. And of course, some of these things are coming to mind because he's talked to them about the kingdom while he was here on earth, when he was incarnate. He is continuing to teach them as he is about to ascend into heaven, teaching them about kingdom living. We're going to see a lot about kingdom living, but let me just say this. The first volume, the Gospel of Luke, 
tells us what Jesus did and what he taught. When we look at the first volume and see what kingdom living is of what Jesus did and taught, it's very easy for us to know what kingdom living should look like in our lives. Because we should do what Jesus did and we should follow what he taught. Proclaim it. What's my goal for the church? What's the goal for our lives? It's the same goal I've said over and over. When we get to the end of 2019, if the Lord delays his return, if we get to the end of 2019, will we look more like Jesus then than we did on January the 6th or January the 1st? We can reach goals, we can reach budgets, we can reach numbers. But if we do not look more like Jesus, what he did and what he taught, then we have failed in the story. God wants to work through the many. He has chosen to work through the many. He has confirmed faith in us and he has called us. It's as though I could look at you and call you by name, just as God would call. And he would ask, will you commit yourself to allowing me to use you to achieve things you cannot even imagine for my glory, for my honor? Oh, Theophilus, I tell you these stories. Oh, Reggie, I tell you these stories. And down and down the line to each and every one of us, he tells us these stories so that we'll be a part of what God is doing. Would you pray with us? Would you join us? Would you commit yourself to being a part of this story that God has for Temple Baptist Church? Let's pray. Father, we come to you and God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that even in introductions to books, you speak to us. Thank you that every word is inspired and that every word encourages us in our walk before you. And God, I pray today that we would hear that the story goes on and that it involves us. Your people that you've chosen to work through us. God, on behalf of this congregation that gathers today, I pray that you would use us in this year unlike you have ever used us before. I pray that we would see, Lord, greater achievements and greater accomplishments, things that would not bring glory to a pastor or bring glory to any individual, but, Lord, that would bring glory only to you because you alone deserve it. And may we look more like you each day. May we present more of you each day as we go through this year. Help us now through this moment of commitment and invitation. May we be responsive in Jesus' name.